Hello, this is Coach Aaron Saft and the MR Running Pains Podcast. So this week, um, I'm going to go over a few things, but I'm going to toss out another one of uh, of my favorite workouts, and I'm going to take a deep dive into this workout because it can be done in so many different ways. So um, I'll expound upon that in just a moment. Um, just wanted to catch up on a few things here. Um, you know, I keep talking about this podcast episode that I recorded with Scott Socia and Joe Quinlan on uh, pedorthics, orthotics, and, and footwear. And unfortunately, um, the file was just too corrupted. We couldn't save the file. Uh, I'm just, uh, you know, beside myself because it was such a great episode. So my sincerest apologies to, to Scott and Joe and to you all. Um, we will try to re-record that podcast because there was so much good information. And I, I hope we can, um, you know, kind of recapture some of what we went through and talked about. So um, my apologies to all. I <laughs> uh, wish that wasn't the case. Uh, so, but lesson learned, don't try to do a long video with your GoPro. <laughs> uh, it's just too much for that device. Anyway, um, we're going to keep moving forward. And again, we'll, we'll try to re-record and get that episode back out there. Um, just a few updates from me. Uh, my ankle is doing extremely well. Um, I, you know, I, I talked with my physical therapist, Miriam Saloom, and she had some great exercises for me to incorporate. I've made that kind of priority number one. So if you see up on Strava, um, pretty much every day I'm getting in some kind of core or strength. Um, and basically in that routine, um, one day, um, I, I've been doing about every other day. So one day I'll do my ankle routine, um, with some core the next day, uh, I'll do some strength work. Uh, then the next day, you know, ankle and core, uh, been trying to get a little bit of core in each session, a little bit of strength in each session. Maybe it's only, um, one exercise like today, for instance, I did, um, split squats. Uh, I did three rounds, you know, split squats are, are single leg. So I did each leg, um, 10 reps, and then I did some, um, ankle work, um, some of my ankle exercises, did another round of split squats, some more ankle si- exercises, another round of split squats, and then, you know, finalized my, my ankle exercises and then threw in some plank. Uh, so, you know, that's what my, you know, my routine's looking like right now. And then, on uh, on strength days, I'll kind of just do, um, you know, a range of, of different strength, uh, mobility exercises, uh, along with, uh, some, some ankle work. Uh, Saturday, I did Jay DeSherry's uh, full MOBO board routine for the ankle. That took a while. I couldn't believe how long that took. It took me about an hour. Um, so, you know, hopefully on Saturdays, I'll do the full routine, like, you know, with the DeSherry, and hopefully I'll get a little bit more efficient and better at, at doing the routine. Um, but, um, but yeah, the ankle's coming along. I, I really appreciate Miriam and her support and, um, you know, everything she, she did for me. So going to keep working on that and trying to be diligent. Uh, you know, the strength does help, especially, uh, with, you know, as, as I age here, uh, 45, you know, it, we start to lose muscle mass and, um, and mobility range motion. So, you know, this, these exercises, uh, can, you know, they can slow down those effects. Um, 
also had a really good question and I, I'm going to try to find, you know, some, some resources, uh, maybe even some other coaches and perhaps even, uh, Tim who asked me this, this question, um, about, you know, potentially what, what are the effects of, uh, a training weekend? Um, you know, Carmichael training systems and Jason Coop, they talk all the time about these, you know, these big, you know, training weekends, three days in which you, typically do about 70% of your, uh, your weekly volume in the course of, uh, of those three days, which is, you know, that's a tremendous amount. I, I don't typically do that with many of my athletes. I may do a, uh, a three day block, but you know, that's a, that's a, a lot of volume. Uh, so he asked if, if there was any research that I had read or, um, anything that, you know, would, would credit this or, uh, you know, lead us to believe this is something that's, you know, viable for, for most athletes. Um, you know, again, um, I have a tremendous success with, um, you know, kind of keeping the volume a little bit lower, um, you know, and, and, um, keeping my athletes healthy and, and them finishing the, the finish line or crossing the finish line. But, um, you know, it would be interesting to, to kind of talk through this, you know, not only with perhaps a CTS coach, but, um, you know, um, some other coaches as well, see how they use it. Um, uh, and if and it benefits their athletes and how, so, um, you know, uh, we'll, maybe we'll form a round table discussion and see, uh, see what we, uh, we come up with. Uh, cause I think that's a, uh, it's a great question, Tim. And I appreciate that. So, um, I'll, I'll get into that as, uh, as things, uh, uh, as, as I can, as I can coordinate that with other coaches. Um, so yeah, everything here, uh, I'm, I'm kind of ramping back up, getting my mileage back up. Uh, Western States is about 10 weeks away. Uh, we have not heard any communications. Uh, I was, I was speaking with one of my athletes today and it's just strange that, you know, here we are April, um, you know, I, I know they just might not have an update to give us. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm still registered for old dominion. You know, I actually talked with my coach the other day and said, you know, um, yeah, I should probably just stay on this, huh? Like, just you know, make sure that uh, if Western stays, you know, that doesn't happen, um, you know, that I can still go after the Grand Slam. Uh, I you know I hate to do that. I, like, I, I feel bad because you know there's people on the wait list, and I just I feel you know I, I feel guilty holding a spot um, that I potentially may not use. That's like that's awful to me, and and you know, but. Um, it's, I'm trying to justify it by, well, I may have to run, <laughs> you know, I just don't know what, what's going to transpire with Western States. And that's, you know, uh, I mean, from, from well, all they've said is that, you know, uh, they, they believe it will happen, but you know, there's so much uh, between the snow and potential for fire, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, I know that, uh, the canyons, uh, the hundred miler, I have a, a runner that's doing the, the hundred miler and they changed the course significantly. Um, so, um, you know, it, it is impacting the, the Western States course. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but yeah, the training is ramping back up now, obviously, um, let's see, uh, if I were to do old dominion, I'd only have seven weeks until old dominion. So, um, you know, it's, that's, uh, that's coming up a lot quicker. Uh, so, but, um, no recovering, uh, you know, it took me a little bit more to recover from the 50 miler. Um, I think that's due to a number of factors, um, sleep, stress, uh, you know, emotions, uh, it just 
um, you know, tough eating. <laughs> I was not eating well over the, uh, the Easter break there. I'll say that. So, you know, as, uh, my recovery was you know, probably hampered by a lot of external factors. Uh, you know, I, I tried to take it easy so far as, uh, running goes. I just walked. Uh, if you look at Strava, you can see I, I walked for quite some time. And, um, and then when I started running, it was just nice and easy. Um, aside from uh, any run with my wife, but, um, but anyhow, so, you know, coming back around. So that leads me into, um, talking about, uh, the, my, you know, one of my favorite workouts. I think it's such a versatile workout and it can be done a number of different ways. I'm going to try to talk about the variations that you can create with this workout, um, as well as, um, how it can be, uh, implemented for multiple distances. Uh, the workout is seven minute repeats. Okay. So seven minute repeats, and this is to be done, uh, at lactate threshold. So somewhere between 80 to 85% of maximum heart rate. Okay. We're trying to stay in that range. If you stay in there, you're kind of accomplishing the mission of this workout. Um, and, uh, rest. Uh, so with anything that's lactate threshold, you're looking at about a two to one, uh, interval to recovery ratio. So, uh, if it's a seven minute interval, you'd have a three and a half minute recovery. Now, three and a half minutes is on the maximum. Okay. If, if you want to create more challenge, diminish the rest. So, you know, go two minutes, two minutes rest, um, you know, or, or one minute rest. And and we're going to talk about, um, uh, ins and outs and how you can do, um, intervals with the ins and outs, seven minutes on seven minutes kind of float. So I'll talk about that workout as well. Like I said, there's a ton of different variations here as well as how many repeats you do and who, you know, how that, how that all unfolds for different race distances and different purposes. So, um, but as with everything, okay, with any workout, you're going to want to start this workout with an active warm up. Okay. Now, if you go back to my, um, my favorite, uh, fartlek, uh, workouts, I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, we always start with active warmups and in the show notes from the, uh, the fartlicks, uh, I posted some great active warmups, some great resources that you can use for your active warmup and an active warmup is just dynamic exercises, you know, moving, getting the body moving, uh, getting the blood pumping. Uh, so you know, I've got, uh, I've got. I think two different active warmups on my YouTube channel. Um, one is just called the active warmup and the other is a banded warmup. Uh, David Roche has a few different warmups. His, he has a banded warmup as well as uh, one called wake up legs. Uh, Jay Johnson, uh, just reviewing here from the fart, like Jay Johnson has one that's, uh, called Myrtle. That's one of my athletes favorites. It's really good hip activation. So there's a lot out there. A lot of great resources out there for active warmups, but you know, just get in some some dynamic movement prior to warming up. Now your warm up. Now, um, you know, I've read a very uh, varying uh, different prescriptions for warm ups. Typically, they say about twenty minutes is uh, uh, is is a good warm up time. Some people may not have enough time. For a 20-minute warm-up, uh, I think the warm-up is pretty vital, so I wouldn't sacrifice that too much. Um, you know, maybe 15-minute warm-up, but you know, for the most part, you want to get in 20 minutes or more. I know I typically don't feel warm-up unless I get it at least 30 minutes. So my warm-ups are at least 30 minutes. That's when my legs start to feel actually warmed up. <laughs> 
Um, now you can um, also, if uh, you worry about the dynamic warm up, some of the exercises bothering something, you can also do a walking warm up. Um, all my runs are typically uh, preceded by my dog walk. I take my dog miles out for, you know, it could be a half mile, could be a mile. I, we walk and I just kind of warm up while, you know, taking him on a walk. So I don't record those on Strava or anything, but, you know, all of my runs are pretty much preceded by a walk, uh, especially those that I'll leave from my house. So uh, that's that's kind of my dynamic warm-up. Other times I'll do the banded warm-up or active warm-up to kind of stretch. And it just depends on how tight and, you know, how my legs are feeling. Um, but usually, like I said, it's a walk. So a walk is, is fine to get that kind of blood pumping and, and legs moving. Um, and then your, you know, your obvious, your run warm-up. So again, uh, I suggest about 20 minutes, but, you know, uh, if you if you need to kind of condense the workout down, you can sacrifice probably five minutes and do fifteen minute warm up. And, and again, if you can sneak in some more and you need some more, that's fine. It's a good place to add some volume into the workout. Uh, so if you need some more time or distance on your feet, that's a really good place to get it. You know, again, warm ups are just supposed to be nice and easy. Uh, you know, for my runners, um, if um, when I talk about rating of perceived exertion or RPE, my five to six is their conversational pace. Okay, that's what I prescribe as their daily run. For a warm up, we're looking at about four to five, right? So four is jogging, nice and easy, and five is the beginning of that that kind of conversational pace zone. So um, if we're you know if we're talking about heart rate, we're talking high zone two, low zone three. Okay, so on a five zone scale, that's where we're talking about for warming up. You know, just low low heart rate, just kind of getting the blood pumping. And then I usually follow it with a few drills. Um, if you're not familiar with form drills, um, yeah, again, there's some great resources out there. Um, and I can share a video that I kind of share with my runners. Um, but you know, I, I try to get my, you know, my legs moving a little bit and then I'll do some strides. Typically strides, they're about 15 seconds. So I do four to six strides of 15 seconds with 45 second jog recovery. And that usually gets me into, um, you know, a, a good place where my legs feel ready to, to run fast. Uh, my strides are, they're done at about a nine RPE. Uh, I never like to go all out. So it's not a full all out sprint. Um, but you know, again, at a faster pace just to get the, the heart rate up and get it primed for, for what it's about to, to take on. Um, so again, dynamic warm up or walk, uh, followed by your, your run warm up, followed by some, uh, some drills. And then lastly, strides going into the workout. Now the workout itself on the most basic level, let's start there. Uh, if you have never done a workout like this, um, I would say, you know, walk, warm up jog again, 15 to 20 minutes, um, you know, add a few strides, maybe three to four strides just to kind of get the legs turning over. And then I would go three times seven minutes with three thirty recovery. If math is not your forte, <laughs> do three by seven minutes with three minutes recovery. That way it's a 10 minute block, seven minutes of, uh, intensity, three minutes of recovery. So you got a 10 minute block. So your workout's going to take you 30 minutes. Well, potentially less because you won't have the, the last recovery on the last interval. You'll just go into your cool down. But three times seven minutes, again, intensity, um, again, my RPE scale or rating of perceived exertion is uh, five to six is my normal run. So my tempo um, is this is kind of my tempo zone uh, or lactate threshold zone is seven to eight. 
that's where I, I kind of classified this workout for RPE on my scale. It, again, by heart rate, 80 to 85%. Uh, we're looking, you know, kind of in that zone four of the five heart rate scale uh, or five heart rate zones. So zone four, 80 to 85%. Uh, for those. And then on the recoveries, you really want that heart rate to kind of drop back down into high zone two. Uh, you know, that may just require you standing still if you're just starting, you know, just standing there for, for three minutes, three and a half minutes, whatever you're taking to get that heart rate to come back down. And maybe the last like minute, you know, or half minute, you just start jogging again to kind of get back into, uh, uh, you know, get back into, uh, the, the running motion. Um, now, um, those recoveries, you know, if, if you are running again, you want to get that heart rate low. So you're just kind of shuffling real easy, real, super easy. Okay. Get that heart rate down so that your, your body is ready for the next interval. Okay. So that's, that's kind of the, the setup here. Seven minutes, uh, seven minutes at, uh, seven to eight RP or 80 to 85% of maximum heart rate. Three minute jog again, getting that that heart rate back down. So if you're doing three sets of that. That's kind of my beginner workout. That's a great workout for for my 5K runners. Okay, I think that's a, a great lactate threshold, a great introduction. Some you know some coaches like to put in a 20 minute tempo. This is kind of even a more basic way of kind of splitting that up so that they're not intimidated by doing too much time. You know, all of a sudden, right? They have three seven minute intervals. All right. So great workout for them. Uh, now, you, you know, depending on your runner and their experience, uh, or depending on you and your experience, uh, you can add intervals in based on your level of comfort. Some of mine start with four by seven minutes, and some of them may have five by seven minutes. And then there's variations to this workout. Okay. And that's kind of what I want to talk about is the variations. Okay. So, um, my, you know, my, anybody from, uh, half marathon on up to ultra marathon four by seven minutes may be enough. That's 28 minutes of hard work. Um, whereas some may want, you know, a fifth. So even potentially a sixth, it's, you know, when we talk about these intervals and again, depending on your level of, of, uh, ability, uh, your experience with these workouts, your, you know, your, uh, ability to recover from them, you can go up to, you know, potentially 60 minutes of this work. Okay. I don't typically prescribe seven minutes times, you know, uh, you know, that would be almost, well, you know, eight, <laughs> eight intervals. I, I don't really prescribe that high. Uh, I don't think you really need to, uh, with this type of workout, especially if you try one of these variations. And so the first variation I'll say is alternating uphills and downhills. Now with my example of seven times three minutes, I would say the first interval, the first seven minute interval, you would do uphill. Okay. Um, and I will get into, if you don't have a seven minute uphill, how to do this workout, but let's say you do have a seven minute uphill. So you do seven minute uphill. Then for your three minute recovery, you're going to continue to walk up the hill, walk up the hill. So you get a little bit more distance and you're not going hard. You are recovering. And when you hit that three minutes, you turn around and run downhill for seven minutes. Okay. Now it's harder to get that heart rate up because you're going downhill. Um, but it gives you a, you know, a good, um, a good workout. You're getting the up and the down. 
Okay. Also, you don't have to keep going uphill. <laughs> so the hill doesn't have to be so long. Um, a lot of our races have a lot of up and down. So again, some good downhill training here. So, uh, you go seven minutes down. If you're, um, not back at the start, uh, continue to jog towards the start for your recovery. If you get to the start, do an out and back so that you're back at the start for your next interval. And then since these are alternating, you would go back uphill for seven minutes. Okay. If you're doing three by seven, when you finish that last uphill, you've done two uphills, one downhill, then you just cool down. Now cool down that it's really, again, depending on your time, um, I think 15 minutes is a great cool down. You can go longer if you want to add in some volume, as long as you're not too tired. Um, if you're too fatigued, you don't want to be on your feet for too long because you're reemphasizing bad, you know, bad form, bad habits. So, um, don't make the, the cool down too long. And now I realize you're finishing at the top of the hill. You may be further away from your car, so it may require you a little bit more time to get back, but you would cool down. Um, you know, if you need to stretch before you hop in your car or wherever you're at, um, stretch out and, uh, and then you're on your way. But the, the great thing about this one is that, you know, you can obviously you could do however many intervals you want of alternating uphill and downhill. Um, my most popular one, the one that I prescribe most is five, five times seven minutes. So you have three uphill intervals and two downhill intervals. That's kind of my, uh, my favorite uphill downhill, um, variation is five intervals. So, but again, do it, do it according to where you're at. If it's three, if it's four, it's five, it's six, whatever you want to do. Okay. Um, now the variation on that is if you do not have a hill that long, you could do it potentially on your treadmill. Now on a treadmill, I typically prescribe 8% incline for these, uh, these intervals. And I also I state in my instructions that warm up strides can be done outside. Cool down can be done outside intervals on the treadmill. Okay. So what I, what I always state is that they would do seven minutes at 8% incline. Again, you're monitoring your heart rate. Then they would drop the incline down to like two to four. So you don't have to drop it too much. Um, and then walk for those three minute recoveries and then boost it back up. Now here you're getting uphill repeats, which are, they're great. That's a great workout. Uh, so great. There's so many, um, positive benefits of uphill intervals, uh, you know, including, uh, raising your knees. Okay. You're, you're kind of, uh, less impact forces. So a lot of good things with, with uphill intervals. So, uh, you know, a great workout, uh, great accommodation. If you don't have the potential to do, you know, up and down, some treadmills have the capacity to go downhill. Uh, usually that capacity isn't too great of a decline. Now, you know, so you could do, you know, you could do it and alternating up, down on your treadmill. Um, the only problem again is, you know, one, the incline may not go too steep and two on the downhill. A lot of times the treadmill has a governor. It doesn't allow you to go very fast on the downhills. Um, so if you know, know the capacities or the limitations of your treadmill prior to doing the workout, make sure that you can get enough incline, make sure that it has enough speed, you know, all of these variables so that, you know, you can complete the workout. So that's, that's one iteration of the workout that I like to do is, uh, uh you know, these can be done again, uh, rather than alternating uphill and downhill. These can be done on the flat, on a greenway, on a track. Um, they can be done on, on rolling hills, simulate the course that you're going to be running on. Okay. That's, that's the best thing. So if you have some, you know, some big climbs in your race, then, you know, you're going to want to do the alternating uphills and downhills, um, or just the, uh, you know, the, the treadmill uphill incline workout. 
Okay, so um, j- just again, make sure that you are being specific towards your race. So what what best way to train yourself? Okay, according to the course you're going to be competing on. Um, so with that said, a few other variations. I talked about the in and out workout. The in and out workout. Um, so you're in interval. That's that's seven minutes at eighty to eighty five percent. Okay, then you're going to take a float recovery. This is great for marathoners. Okay, the float recovery because seventy to oh, excuse me, your eighty to eighty-five percent maximum heart rate is going to be somewhere near your half marathon pace if you want to look at that way. Okay, so seven minutes we'll say at half marathon pace, and then you're going to do seven minutes at uh, at uh, marathon pace. Okay, so you're backing off slightly. That's probably going to be in that gray area. Again, this isn't an area we don't want to train or spend too much time in, but it's it's not too much under what you were just doing, right? So you're you're going half marathon pace, marathon pace, half marathon pace, marathon pace. That's the in and out. You're alternating those two efforts, half marathon pace, marathon pace for seven minutes. Okay. You can do it as one K's or miles. Um, you know, I like to do it as time because then they're not thinking so much about the distance that they're covering. They're focusing more on the effort on the, uh, the pace kind of takes a little bit of the edge off of the workout. Um, so, but you know, if, if you are just really, um, uh, distance based again, you can alternate these as that one case, you can do 1200s, you can do miles, you know, it, there's a, a, a different variations, you know, that, that you can include, you know, based on what you're training for. Okay. So great workout for half marathoners, um, marathoners, you know, that's, that's a great, uh, great workout. Yeah. 50 K as well. You know, you could throw it in as a 50 K workout. So, uh, very versatile in and out. Um, and varying those paces. Now, if you're doing a 50 K, you may want to even back off a little bit further and do, you know, maybe, um, you know, stick to the 80 to 85% and then, you know, go to your 50 K, um, you know, uh, effort, which would probably put you somewhere in the range of zone three, um, is my guess, you know, somewhere between that 72 to 78% of maximum heart rate. So, uh, you can use that as a 50 K workout as well. And that's the in and out workout. Okay. Um, that's, uh, it's, it's used, um, by Canova, you know, that's a, that's a great workout. Um, Canova is a, one of the, the most brilliant kind of marathon, uh, coaches. Uh, so, you know, some good stuff by him. So, uh, great workout, great workout. So, um, enjoy that one. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's, there's another variation. Um, and, um, let me think, um, if there's one more variation that I want to talk about, um, in this podcast, um, so, um, you, and this is, um, this is more of kind of a, um, I don't want to call it a, a fart lick, but, um, we're, we're learning more and more about Igloy. If you, uh, listen to, uh, Steve Magnus's on coaching podcast, he talks a lot about Igloy. They're trying to, um, unravel a lot of, of Igloy. Um, and you can, as I talked about earlier, you know, you could do a seven minute interval and then just real short rest. Maybe it's, maybe it's a minute, you know, um, it could be, you know, I, I would say, 
<laughs> minute's probably as short as I would go. Um, but you know, it doesn't give you much recovery. Uh, but it, it teaches your body to kind of uh, stay in that, that kind of that steady state. So, um, you know, this seven on one, one easy, that's, you know, that's a, that's a tough, tough workout. But, um, if you're a marathoner, half marathoner, that's a really good workout. Um, you know, I used to do mile repeats with one minute rest. Uh, and you know, the, the, we would do, um, half marathon pace for a mile, uh, one minute rest and then half minute, you know, half marathon pace for a mile, same type of workout here, seven minutes, um, you know, 80 to 85% maximum heart rate, one minute rest. So that's a, that's a really good variation. Um, really challenging, uh, you know, do it when you have more fitness, obviously. Uh, you know, I, it's, I try to keep my, my training in, and, you know, my athletes in, uh, in kind of phases. And so that one, I would say, um, you know, both the in and out and the, uh, seven in one would be more in my integration phase. Um, integration is kind of one of the last phases on the Lydiard pyramid. Um, and it's kind of being more race specific. So, um, you know, again, we're, we're trying to be specific to the race you're going to, uh, to try to peak at. So this is kind of giving you that, that race pace simulation, whether it be half marathon or marathon. Um, again, I still use these seven minute intervals for my ultra runners. I think it's great to include, um, you know, I, I term it like a lactate threshold, um, uh, kind of, uh, or long interval, <clears throat> long interval, um, uh, phase of training. So, um, you know, you can definitely uh, incorporate it in, in, um, in these phases. Uh, there are long intervals in marathon training as well. So, um, use these as you will. But, um, like I said, very versatile workout. Um, hopefully I gave you some, some good ideas. It doesn't have to be seven minutes. Obviously you can create whatever interval you want or whatever makes more sense to you, but I think it's a good starting point. Um, you know, uh, typically, uh, the intervals get a little bit longer from there once they've had experience with that kind of, especially the alternating uphill and downhill workout. I may do, um, you know, a 10 minute where it's 10 minutes up and then, uh, you know, the recovery, I typically give, I think two to three minutes is great recoveries for these workouts. You may need a little bit more. So as I said earlier, that two to one ratio. So if you did 10 minutes, you could take up to five minutes. That's fine. Um, but I like to prescribe two to three. I think that's a good recovery period without it getting too long. So, um, you know, 10 minutes up two to three minutes recovery, uh, 10 minutes down two to three minutes recovery, 10 minutes up. Um, so, you know, the, the intervals can be increased, obviously that's a, a variation that you can include. Okay. So, uh, think about, you know, where you're doing it, how you're doing it, uh, how long the intervals are, how long the rests are. Those are all things that you can, you can kind of switch up to create different variables within the workout. And it's not to say you can't just repeat the same workout. Let's say you had a, you know, you had a, a workout that was, um, five by seven minutes. Okay. Um, maybe the next week you just do a, a steady state or tempo run. That's, you know, that's a little bit longer, maybe 25 minute tempo run. Um, and then, you know, uh, give yourself another week and then you go back to the five by seven minute workout. See if your pace is a little bit faster. Try to do it on the same course, you know, see where your, your heart rate's at. Okay. Of course, there's a lot of variables that can, uh, that can switch up and change, uh, your heart rate data, but you know, it should give you some good indications if you're, you're gaining fitness and heading in the right direction. So check out those metrics. Okay. So that's what I got. That's, uh, that's one of my favorite workouts with some, you know, some variations. If you have questions, if I didn't go over anything, uh, in enough detail or depth, yeah, 
reach out. Let me know. Happy to answer some questions. Um, and um, let's see. Uh, as far as the coaching world goes, um, let's see. I, um, I'm hesitant to say I have spots because <laughs> um, I'm extremely busy. But um, if you do need coaching, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say not to reach out. Please reach out. Um, I'll, and I'll see, I'll see where I'm at. Uh, I hate to be indefinite, but, um, you know, let's have that conversation if you're interested in the coaching, cause I want to help. I know I do have a few people that are coming off of training after Boston. Uh, so, you know, by all means, um, reach out cause I will have some spots opening up. So we'll just say, yes, if you're interested in coaching, please let me know. Um, and if you have questions, if you're, you know, you're a coach and have questions and want to talk about things, um, happy to have that conversation. You know, um, I, I never want you to feel like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's improper. Uh, no, that's what we're all here for is to learn from one another. Um, and it's not to say that I'm right or have the answers. Uh, it's good to talk things over. Here's others perspectives, um, for sure. And, you know, if I don't know, then I think that's, that's a great conversation to have and find out, you know, what the actual answer is. So, um, please, you know, don't hesitate to ask questions. And I thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. Um, look forward to sharing more with you in the near future. And until next time, keep running, my friends.